0: There's a word from the Lord this morning as we continue this series that God has given us. The series is entitled Community Matters. Throughout this year of 2022, we have shared with you from the theme faith, family, and community. Now this is the last series for the year, Community Matters. There is something bigger than you. We always must keep in mind that our goal, our purpose is not just to promote ourselves, but for a community that's larger than all of us. Look at someone and say, community matters. Throughout this series, God has given us a word for different aspects of our community. We spoke and congratulated and said thank you to our first responders, to our neighborhood leaders. We said something good. That was the message, and we thanked them. Last week, to all of our educators, in any capacity that you serve, and from driving the school bus, to cooking a cafeteria meal, to the teachers and the principals, custodial staff and everyone else. We simply said not in vain. And on today, God has challenged us, instructed us to speak to the church. This message is to the church, to us as faith walkers, to church leaders. I said this morning during the eight o'clock service, this was one of those challenging messages that God slips in a series and he tells you as he put it in, he says, now don't expect a whole lot of running around the church jumping up and down, but I, I want you to say something. As my father used to say, speak to my heart, Lord, amen. And I hope you find this message in the spirit in which God has given us, challenge all of us from the pastor who's standing behind this pulpit Uh, to the brother on the parking lot to every new member uh, that is part of not just this congregation but every congregation every house of worship our text is found in the ninth chapter of the gospel that has been recorded by St. Mark chapter 9 verses 2 to verse 6 this is the 6th message in this series a very special thank you very own Elder Fred Cursy for doing such a marvelous job this morning. Amen. Yeah, he and his wife are over our children's ministry. They're doing a phenomenal job and we say thank you to them. Chapter nine of the book of Marks, verses two to verse six New Living Translation. Listen to how it reads. Six days of Later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. And he led them up a high mountain. Somebody say high mountain. High mountain. It'll make sense later. To be alone with him. As the three men watched Jesus' appearance, Was transformed uh, and his clothes became, that's why I love the New Living Translation. Listen, dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and they began talking with Jesus. Peter was so excited that he shouted, Rabbi, it is so good. It is so wonderful for us to be here. Let us make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this, because he didn't really know what else to say. But they were all terrified. And those that love God's word said, Amen. 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 Subject for this sixth this six message in this Community Matters series is found in that verse two. Three words in the middle of that verse says, A high mountain took them up a high mountain. Somebody say a high mountain. Went up a high mountain to have a high time in the Lord. Amen. But for the next few moments, I want to talk to you from this subject. Look at someone next to you. Don't touch, don't hug. COVID is still around. Okay. Look at someone and simply says, we can't stay on this mountain. Amen. Clap those hands as you take your seat. We can't stay on this mountain. I told you this was a message for the church. A message for those of us who are church leaders, those of us who are churchgoers, those of us who seek the face of God listen we have often heard the expression mountaintop experience in fact i have preached from this subject mountaintop experience i went back through my uh sermon management thank you andrea for making that possible years ago uh and looked at how often i've preached from that subject because uh, Thanks to others, I've been able to save every message I've ever preached for 40 years. And I saw Deacon Stamaria that in 2017, I preached from the subject mountaintop experience. 2020, I preached Deacon Lumpkin from the subject mountaintop experience. And I remember defining that term in those messages from a spiritual perspective, as a special transformative worship moment. Listen. An incredible, somebody say incredible, spiritual and emotional high mountaintop experience. How many of you ever had a mountain top experience? With the Lord, when the Lord moves in a way that only God can move. (laughs) When God moves so mightily, you can't even describe what has just happened. Somebody say mountaintop experience. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't just happen in church. Some of the greatest mountaintop experiences have happened. Mother Jackson on your front porch, sweeping the porch. I forget how many years ago when you were first saved in Arthur Town. And she had a mountaintop experience, dropped her bloom, and began to speak, and God filled her and saved her with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, mountaintop experience. It has also been defined. As a significant, powerful, divine revelation. When God shows you something, only God can show you. When God speaks to you and you know it was only God. How many of you have had God to speak to you and you know it this had to have been God? Who God hadn't spoken to you, you would have taken a different path. Your life would not be the same today. Mountaintop experience in which you experience the very power and the presence of God. It's a wonderful thing. However, it appears to me as if more and more people and I'm not criticizing this or seeking this mountaintop experience. I'm going to tell you later on in the message why it's important. But the problem is, can I just bring this home? Here's what God said to me as I was preparing this message. He says, the problem God has with our modern church age listen to this, is that we are trying to turn mountaintop experiences which are intended to be special, transcendental moments. Somebody say moments. Come on, shout moments. We are trying to turn these special, transformative, transcendental moments Into everyday occurrences. I'm preaching now. I want to challenge you. I want you to hear me right now. See, although Mother Jackson had that moment in Arthur Town over 50 years ago, it didn't happen every day. It happened that moment. Some of you've had your moment, which you've been to the mountaintop. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. says. Ah, uh, but it doesn't happen every day. Look at somebody and say it's a moment. It's a moment. It is a very special moment. The problem is problem with the modern church age is that we want to turn a good moment into an everyday occurrence. I'm going somewhere. And so it seems as if an increasing number of church goers mm, are in constant pursuit of that spiritual emotional high <laughs> there's some highs you get that you try to replicate all the time and, and see what the, the little i know about human behavior and particularly drug addiction is that the problem is that folk keep taking it over and over because they're still looking for that first high. Amen. And they become addicted and they become hooked and it ruins their lives because you do some unusual and unsensible things trying to replicate, preach Pastor Jackson, that first high. Many of us have had that experience we want it all the time. In other words, we want to stay on top of the mountain. Lord, every time I come to church, I want the roof to come off. I want the church to fall out. And if folk don't run around the church and fall out every service, something wrong. What's wrong with today's service? It, it was, it was kind of low today. No, it ain't low. Sometimes God said, be still and know that I'm God. Can I preach to you? We we it, it it's a moment, and when the moment happens, it's good. I'm not criticizing the moment. I love the moment. <laughs> I love when God moves in a mighty way. But what I've learned to accept in my mature life is that every service doesn't have to be a mountaintop experience. I preach to you, you and folks said, "Oh, where is my brother-in-law?" He said, "I love him." He was talking about his home church in Charleston, and my sister and I were talking to him. He said, "Man, we stay in church three hours, three and a half hours, little holiness church down there somewhere in Charleston." I said, Roy Why? why your family stay?" He said, "They were waiting on the Spirit to move." He said, Sometimes it take three hours for the Spirit to move?" I said, "Well, I would have moved by then." And and so, 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 and not criticizing anybody and everybody, but see, when you expect the same thing to happen, every service, sometimes you, you, can, you can miss something. Because sometimes God speaks in a small, still voice and it speaks to your heart. And nobody shouted, nobody ran around the church, but you know God was there because you felt him in the depths of your heart. Somebody ought to give God a praise for the quiet moments. You can't stay on top of the mountain here's what God said to me it is unsustainable please don't miss this it is unsustainable to think every time you walk into a building y'all got to take the roof off every time you 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 hear about a service it has to be an explosion. Here's what God said. Look at this analogy. It's like trying to live permanently in Disney World. Somebody just got it. How many of you ever been to Disney World? Took your family. Had a good time. You know the only people who think Disney World is for real or the kids right but you live long enough to know this got to end okay Mickey Mouse is ain't, that's not reality and so God, here's what God said to me he says trying to live in those moments all the time is like trying to live forever at Disney World then God says I'm gonna give you another analogy he says, it's like Dick and Kennedy, you know this, you're taking many trips. It's like trying to live permanently on a cruise ship. How many of you have ever taken a cruise? Three days, five days, seven days, ten days. But sooner or later, eventually, you got to go back home. <laughs> Amen. Sooner or later, they're going to tell you tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock, it's time for you to get all your luggage and come downstairs, and we want all of you to leave. We enjoyed having y'all, but your time is up. Go home. You can't live at Disney World forever. You can't live on a cruise ship forever. You've got to go home and deal with all of life's issues listen I, I, I in August we had the vacation of a lifetime we just my wife and I my sister and my brother-in-law took two weeks off went all kind of places last leg of our vacation we we spent a week on the celebrity cruise line Mediterranean cruise best thing I ever had greatest vacation I ever had thank y'all I I miss y'all just a little bit. Just a little bit. But here's what I knew before I went. I knew that I had to come back down to Hopkins after the cruise line. And I knew as soon as I walk in the door after two weeks of cruise, I open the bills, light bill, water bill, uh, insurance payment. (laughs) I said, oh, Lord, can we schedule another cruise? But life happens The vacation. You can't live your whole life on a mountaintop. You've got to face reality. After church is over and after all your dancing, after all your falling out, you still got to wake up and go to work and work with evil people. You still got to work with people that don't like you. Some of you got demons in your house you still got to deal with. Look at somebody say, You can't stay on that mountain. (laughs) Can I preach? Yeah, you can't do it, Dick Lumpkin. I know some of y'all wish you could just lock you up in church, stay here all the time, and life happens. It doesn't work like that. When it's over, you still got to go back to face it. I remember flying back from vacation, back hurting like crazy. Sitting on the plane, opened my notebook. Got home after midnight. At 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 that same day. I had to come and officiate the homegoing service of Mother Lottie Reese. God says you got to get back to reality. You got to, can I preach to somebody? I knew I couldn't live on Celebrity Cruise Line. Just like you can't live at Disney World. What do you say, Pastor Jackson? Life is not going to always be a dance, dance, dance all night. Life is not going to always be a mighty move of God. Take the roof off. You've got to live. You've got to deal with reality. Can I preach? May I preach? Here's what God said. Perhaps the best example of this is found in our text. For the next few moments, let us examine what happened in this text and the lessons we are to learn from it. Listen to the text. Look at the text. Look at this. Look at this. In our text, Jesus invites three, only three of his disciples to go with him Peter, James, and John. Jesus invites them to accompany him as he journeyed up what was described in the text as a high mountain. Jesus says, I'm taking you somewhere. Uh, I'm going to give you a privilege that everybody doesn't get. I'm only taking three. I left nine back. Taking you up on a
1: high.
0: Everybody can't even handle a mountaintop experience. (laughs) Jesus says, I'm taking you there. And while there on that mountain, these three disciples had an amazing a life changing experience here's what they experienced they witness with their own eyes jesus's body being transformed you read the text his clothes became as white as a bleach greater than what any bleach could do The New Living Translation. They saw the same Jesus they had spent all of this time with now with an angelic force. A cosmic type of appearance. Something they had never seen before. Something no one else had ever experienced before. Something... There, nine colleagues left behind did not, could not experience Someone shout mountaintop. Sometimes God takes us there. Sometimes God moves in a mighty way and God does something with you and to you and for you that only God can do. Sometimes you get so moved in the spirit Can't even say a word. Sometimes God moves, and God opens doors and God, 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 God shows himself to you. Such a way that you can't even explain to anyone else. Somebody say mountaintop experience. Peter, James, and John saw Jesus transformed before their very eyes. Uh, That was the first thing that happened on the mountain. The second thing that happened was that they witnessed Jesus talking to two legendary, iconic Old Testament figures who had been dead for over a thousand years. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Uh, First they go up and they see Jesus transformed. Then they witnessed Jesus talking to Elijah and Moses. Right there. So that they could see it. How many of you God has ever given you the privilege to see something, to feel something? Anybody ever felt and experienced the presence of God? That it was so dynamic that it changed your life. It was so that you can't even tell anybody about it. Because you don't even know how to explain what happened uh, in your closet at midnight on your knees. When God came and visited you. Such was the case with these three disciples. They saw Jesus transformed. They saw him talking to Moses and Elijah. See, if, if, if that would have been John the Baptist and somebody else, they, they could have written it off by saying, John found another way up the mountain. <laughs> but they saw him talking to two men who had been dead Ooh, a long time. How do you explain that? How do we explain any of that? Ah, uh, then, 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 Jesus, uh, Peter, so excited uh, about what had happened. Peter was so moved by what happened in verse number five that he as only Peter could do because James and John had sense enough to shut up. But but Peter never was that smart. Okay. Peter was like a whole lot of us. You got to say something even if it don't make sense. You just got to say something. Okay. Peter had Just say something. I like Peter because he's transparent. (laughs) I like Peter because he kind of tell it as he feels it, okay? Peter said, Lord, it is so good for us to be here. It's so wonderful for us to be here. In other words, Peter says, I'm glad you didn't leave us behind. I'm glad you didn't leave us there with Judas and Thomas and all the rest. We are somebody. (laughs) I'm glad that we are the VIP. We are in the president's suite. Uh, We are in first class. I'm glad that we are somebody. Then Peter said, let us do something. Let us build a memorial. In other words, let us build three shelters. Shelters are meant to stay. You don't build a shelter uh, for when you're not going to be there. It's meant to stay there for a while. So Peter says, let us build three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, And one for Elijah. What he really was saying is that Lord, Peter, James, and John are so happy to be here. We want to hang out with y'all for the rest of our lives. Right here on this mountain. We don't ever have to go back down the mountain. We can build a shelter. We can hang right here. But then something happens. Bible says then... God spoke from heaven. Third thing that happens on that mountain, divine revelation. God said to Peter, James, and John, this is my son. Listen to him. In other words, shut up, Peter. Listen to him. I will need you to hear what he has to say. This is my son. This moment that you experience is not because you were that good. It's because God chose you. How many of you know God chose you? Look at somebody and say, God chose me. Not that I deserve anything, but God chose me. How many of you are glad that you're saved by the grace of God? I'm saved. I'm saved because God chose me, not because I'm righteous, not because I'm better than anybody else. Is there anybody in this house that know the only reason you've been at the top of the mountain is because God invited you? God chose you, pick you up out of nowhere, chose you out of everybody else, with all your lying, God chose you, with all of your deceit, God chose you, Woo! somebody ought to give God a praise for choosing you, you've got 10 seconds to give God your best praise. do me a favor look at your neighbor and say neighbor I didn't deserve to be here but God chose me God chose me it is of the Lord's mercies we've not been consumed his compassion faileth not anybody know God chose you God chose you you ought to take 20 seconds to give God your best praise for choosing you. God chose me. Ah. Can I preach? May I preach? I know my time is running out. Ah, but somebody wave your hand and say, Take a little more time, preacher. Thank you. Listen to what happens. So Jesus, ooh, Jesus, ooh, mm, Jesus knew that they could not stay on top of that mountain as good as it was. Jesus knew that they couldn't live on top of that mountain. Because Jesus knew at the foot of that mountain was a desperate father who had a demonically possessed son who kept falling in the fire and falling in the water. At the foot of that mountain was a father that needed deliverance for his child and as they went down the mountain the father ran to Jesus and said master I took him to your disciples but they could not help my son Jesus knew if he stayed on that mountain that son would have never been delivered may I preach Wave your hand at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, Jesus knew at the foot of the mountain was a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus that needed to see. Jesus knew that at the foot of that mountain were 10 lepers that needed to be made clean. Jesus knew. Somebody say, Jesus knows. Jesus knows. Jesus knew that at the foot of that mountain was a woman with an issue of blood that had been sick for a very long time and ran out of money and needed to touch the hem of his garment. Wave at your neighbor and say, neighbor, somebody needed Jesus at the foot of the mountain. Guess who else were there? You were there. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you were there. You were there at the foot of the mountain with all of your addictions, with all of your habits, with all of your lying. You were there at the foot of the mountain Everybody's so glad he came down the mountain give God your best praise give God your best praise give God your best praise anyone know you at the foot of the mountain don't fool me now don't fool me now but everybody who was once at the foot of the mountain stand to your feet Throw your head back. Give God the best Shabbat praying. Don't you fool me. Wave at your neighbor. And say neighbor. If you only knew my story. If you only knew. What the Lord has done for me if you only knew how the lord brought me out can i get a witness can i get a witness somebody tell the lord thank you tell the lord thank you say lord i thank you lord i thank you almost lost my mind but lord i thank you at the foot of the mountain Y'all excuse me, I thought about my own life, and if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, anybody know he picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet, y'all excuse me, on solid ground, yes he did, yes he did. Wave at your neighbor, say, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes. Woo! I'm so glad he came down the mountain. I'm so glad he came down the mountain. Elder Cheryl, I'm so glad he came down the mountain found an old country boy from Alabama came down the mountain found an old Charlestonian from John's Island came down the mountain found a beautiful bougie girl from Greenville (laughs) Ah, he came down the mountain found a breast cancer survivor from Eastway Park by the name of Joyce Rogers, he. Somebody give God your best praise and say, he came down. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Wave your hands in the air and say, yes, he did. Say, I'm a living witness. Listen. Woo. Stand to your feet all over this place. I feel like preaching, but I just remembered I got another service to do it at, <laughs> at 2 o'clock. I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> I'm out of breath now. I said, Lord, give me some strength. Amen. Listen to these three key insights as we prepare to conclude this service but just to get on the devil's nerve one more time put your hands right here and say he came down the mountain Ooh. <laughs> mm. trying to leave that alone Dick but he came down the mountain got an old young man from Arthur T- The name of Red Lumpkin. Pick him up and cleaned him up and made him a deacon and chairman of the deacon's ministry. Look what the Lord has done. Somebody ought to say he came down the mountain. Listen to these three key insights. Briefly, take your phone out. Take a picture of it. Take a picture of it. Take a picture of it. I was at a funeral on Friday at St. Mark Baptist Church in Gazda. This lady blessed me in a powerful way. She ran up to me afterwards. Other Fred gave me a hug. And all she said was, Thank you for the three insights. That's so all she said. She just hugged me and wouldn't turn loose. And she says, Thank you for the insights. And I got in my car and I said, Lord, you deserve the credit. And the honor and the glory. Three key insights. Number one is this mountaintop experiences are real. Don't let anybody tell you that they're not. Don't let anybody rain on your spiritual high. I didn't show up this morning to rain on your spiritual high, I came to validate it. I said, it's real. It is real. They are powerful. They are transformative, spiritual moments. Second key insight, we all should seek to experience the joy of these incredible mountaintop experiences. Not only are they real, you should pursue them. So don't let anybody tell you that Pastor Jackson say we ought not praise God. The devil is a liar. You ought to experience the real transformative, incredible mountaintop experiences. But then here is the third and the final one that I really need you to take away from here. These incredible, transformative, real mountaintop experiences are not intended to be permanent. We should remember, and if you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember this. Ministry happens at the foot of the mountain. Amen. 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 Worship happens on top. (laughs) But the last time I checked, you can't feed somebody who's hungry just with worship. Last time I checked, you can't put clothes on someone who had no clothes just with worship. You can't go and help a foster child just with worship. Real ministry happens at the foot of the mountain. And here's where God challenged me, Pastor Matt. As the pastor of this ministry, God said don't get so obsessed with trying to recreate and create mountaintop experiences. Don't forget that real ministry happens when you build houses for seniors, when you build a place for young people. Real ministry happens when you open the Dream Center and you tutor someone Real ministry happens when you take people who cannot fluently speak English and you open your doors and you say we want to help you become better. Real ministry doesn't just happen between the walls of a sanctuary. Listen, you can worship three hours and four hours and the spirit can move in a mighty way. But The problem I have is that after they do that they go home and rest up, so they can come back and worship another four hours and three hours, and in between there is no ministry. Ooh ha! ha. And God says, "The real ministry, the woman with the issue of blood at the foot of the mountain, the father with the demonic." Possessed son at the foot of the mountain. Uh, the ten lepers were at the foot of the mountain. That's why, Peter, I don't need you to build shelters on top of the mountain. I need you to create ministry at the foot of the mountain. And how does God create ministries? through us you have to make yourself available you have to say here i am lord i'm available for you Uh, the song said milton brunson and the thompson community singers my storage is empty in other words we've got to clean out some stuff Some, some some of you cannot become available for ministry, because there are too many other things that are in your life. You you've got to move some things aside and say, Here I am, I Lord. My storage is empty. I am available to you. The altar is now open. We can't stay on top of the mountain. God has challenged all of us today to know we can't, we can't, we can. We can. We can't. Uh, uh, That's right. Come. If you want to be used by God, if you want God to, to, to open your heart to do more through you in your life, eh? uh, to show Him your love and your perfect plan. God you Can't gave me my
1: name
0: That's it uh, I can
1: hear your voice so clear Your voice so
0: clear I can hear the cries of the
1: But can I why
0: God gave you a voice. God gave you a voice. Those hands and tell them Lord
1: yeah. Lord Lord, Lord. Uh. I'll worship, I'll worship, I'll worship I worship, I worship, I worship, I'll do it, I'll do what you want me to do, I'll do what you want me to do.
0: of you that are viewing virtually we thank God so much for you the numbers on the screen here's the challenge the only way ministry happens listen is that it happens through you that's it the Lord isn't coming down from heaven himself to, to, to just make it happen he empowers us it happens the only way our communities are better is that it happens through us the only way children are tutored and mentored as they did today with these young beautiful uh, people singing on the choir happens through you happens through us it happens to people who say ministry at the foot of the mountain. See, here's what God said to me. Mountaintop experiences are like gas stations. Or if you now have the electric car, it's like plug-ins. You go there and you plug the electric car in and you let it sit for a while until it recharges. And then you take it out to do things. We come here to fill up. We come here to charge up. But we leave here to serve. That's all I'm saying. As God says, don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that our purpose is just not to have good church. I just to have good church. Our purpose is just not for people to come and say, boy... Did we have church? But you've got to do something to make somebody's life better. There are foster kids out there that need you. There are people out there that are hurting every day that need you. Homeless shelters need you, soup kitchens need you, harvest hope needs you. It needs us to be a part of there. We just can't stay on this mountain. Ooh, close those eyes if you will. Lord, I thank you. I've done what you've asked me to do. I have fulfilled my assignment for today. You told me to challenge all of us, every church leader, every pastor, every, every faith leader that's under the sound of my voice. Told me to challenge myself and others to never forget what happens at the foot of the mountain. Ooh, <laughs> Help us, Lord, to take these mountaintop experiences, and turn them into ministry opportunities. Ooh, <laughs> yes, sir. We would be able to make somebody else's life better because. <laughs> We came down from the mountain and we use the anointing that we receive from the mountain to help make somebody else's life better. That's our mission. That's our goal. That is our assignment. Help us never to neglect that. This is our prayer. In your name we pray everyone said amen. Come on. Come on. Praise team. It's a story. If you want to pray, if you want to give your life to the Lord, the elders and the ministers are in the back. Someone is there to pray with you and pray for you. If you want to make a commitment, someone is there to pray with you and I Just before you leave, before the benediction, Pastor Mac is coming. But I want to give you an opportunity to minister at the foot of the mountain. It's called vision. It's called sowing a seed for the next generation. It's called helping us to do something that is not just worship in this place. Helping us to to build this children and youth zone. Helping us to improve our family life center helping us to do those things that we said that we were going to do helping us to partner with developers to bring affordable housing to build senior communities to do all of those things that God says $7 and I say thank you thank you because that's ministry that is the foot of the mountain and because you've done that we're able to do what God has called us to do. It is our goal that sometimes in December we will break ground for our new children's and, and youth zone. And here's what I said to the congregation this morning. And I, I want to say this, and don't take it the wrong way. Elder Fred knows this because he and I have talked about this. We would never build this building which will cost about $4 million just to babysit your children on Sunday morning. It is so that they can have somewhere to go during the week that we can provide ministry opportunities beyond just Sunday morning. It's not a building that ought to be locked for six days and open for one day. That's why we're doing it. Because there's some kids in the community next door that need someone to show them how to do math and how to write an essay. And how to prepare for the SAT. And God says, that's the foot of the mountain. Ooh, that's the foot of the mountain. It's not just so that we can worship on Sunday. And I say thank you for that. Because of your generosity, it will be done. Look at somebody say it will.